Chapter Sixteen of A Prefect's Uncle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Prefect's Uncle by P. G. Wodehouse. Chapter Sixteen A Disputed Authorship. One moment, said Mr. Lowry. Might I ask what is the subject of the poem? death of dito said the headmaster good hackneyed evergreen subject mellow with years go on wells mr wells began queen of tyre ancient tyre wilhelm mistress of the wave mr lowry who had sunk back into the recesses of his chair in an attitude of attentive repose sat up suddenly with a start what he cried hello said mr wells has the beauty of the work come home to you already you notice he said as he repeated the couplet that flaws began to appear in the gem right from the start it was rash of mr lorimer to attempt such a difficult metre plucky but rash he should have stuck to blank verse tire you notice two syllables to rhyme with deny her in line three what did fortune e'er deny her were not all her warriors brave the last line seems to me distinctly weak i don't know how it strikes you you're hypercritical well said the head now for a boy i consider that a very good beginning what do you say lowry i er oh i think i am hardly a judge to resume said mr mortimer wells he resumed and ran through the remaining verses of the poem with comments when he had finished he remarked that in his opinion a whiff of fresh air would not hurt him the headmaster would excuse him he would select another of those excellent cigars and smoke it out of doors by all means said the head i think i won't join you myself but perhaps lowry will no thank you i think i will remain yes i think i will remain mr wells walked jauntily out of the room when the door had shut mr lowry coughed nervously another cigar lowry i er no thank you i want to ask you a question what is your candid opinion of those verses mr wells was reading just now the headmaster laughed i don't think wells treated them quite fairly in my opinion they were distinctly promising for a boy in the upper fifth you understand yes on the whole they showed distinct promise they were mine said lowry yours i don't understand how were they yours i wrote them every word of them you wrote them but my dear lowry i don't wonder that you're surprised for my own part i am amazed simply amazed how the boy i don't even remember his name contrived to get a hold of them i have not the slightest conception but that he did so contrive is certain the poem is word for word literally word for word the same as one which i wrote when i was at cambridge you don't say so yes it can hardly be a coincidence hardly said the head are you certain of this perfectly certain i am not eager to claim the authorship i can assure you especially after mr wells very outspoken criticisms but there is nothing else to be done the poem appeared more than a dozen years ago in a small book called the dark horse ah something in the white melville style i suppose no said mr lowry sharply no certainly not they were serious poems tragical most of them 
i had them collected and published them at my own expense very much at my own expense i used the pseudonym i am thankful to say and as far as i could ascertain the total sale amounted to eight copies i have never felt the very slightest inclination to repeat the performance but how this boy managed to see the book is more than i can explain he can hardly have bought it the price was half a guinea and there is certainly no copy in the school library the thing is a mystery a mystery that must be solved said the headmaster the fact remains that he did see the book and it is very serious wholesale plagiarism of this description should be kept for the school magazine it should not be allowed to spread to poetry prizes i must see lorimer about this to-morrow perhaps he can throw some light upon the matter when in the course of morning school next day the school porter entered the upper fifth form room and informed mr sims who was engaged in trying to drive the beauties of plautus's colloquial style into the upper fifth brain that the headmaster wished to see lorimer lorimer's conscience was so abnormally good that for the life of him he could not think why he had been sent for as far as he could remember there was no possible way in which the authorities could get at him if he had been in the habit of smoking out of bounds and lonely fields and deserted barns he might have felt uneasy but whatever his failings that was not one of them could not be anything about bounds because he had been so busy with cricket that he had no time to break them this term he walked into the presence glowing with conscious rectitude and no sooner was he inside than the headmaster with three simple words took every particle of starch out of his anatomy sit down lorimer he said there are many ways of inviting a person to seat himself that genial take a pew of one's equal inspires confidence the raucous sit down in front of the frenzied pit when you stand up to get a better view of the stage is not so pleasant but worst of all is the icy sit down of the annoyed headmaster in his mouth the words take to themselves new and sinister meanings they seem to accuse you of nameless crimes and to warn you that anything you may say will be used against you as evidence why have i sent for you lorimer a nasty question that and a very favourite one of the reverend mr beckett headmaster of beckford in nine cases out of ten the person addressed paralysed with nervousness would give himself away upon the instant and confess everything lorimer however was saved by the fact that he had nothing to confess he stifled an inclination to reply because the woodpecker would peck her or words to that effect and maintained a pallid silence have you ever heard of a book called the dark horse lorimer lorimer began to feel that the conversation was too deep for him after opening in the conventional judge then placed the black cap on his head manner his assailant had suddenly begun to babble lightly of sporting literature he began to entertain doubts of the headmaster's sanity it would not have added greatly to his mystification if the head had gone on to insist that he was the emperor of peru and worked solely by electricity the headmaster for his part was also surprised he had worked for dismay conscious guilt confessions and the like instead of blank amazement he too began to have his doubts had mr lowry been mistaken it was not likely but it was barely possible in which case the interview had better be brought to an abrupt stop 
until he had made inquiries the situation was at a deadlock fortunately at this point half-past twelve struck and the bell rang for the end of morning school the situation was saved and the tension relaxed you may go lorimer said the head i will send for you later he swept out of the room and lorimer raced over to the house to inform pringle that the headmaster had run suddenly mad and should by rights be equipped with a straight waistcoat you never saw such a man he said hauled me out of school in the middle of a plautus lesson dumps me down in a chair and then asks me if i've read some weird sporting novel or other sporting novel my dear man well it sounded like it from the title the title oh what's up pringle had leaped to his feet as if he had suddenly discovered that he was sitting on something red-hot his normal air of superior calm had vanished he was breathless with excitement a sudden idea had struck him with the force of a bullet what was the title he asked you if you'd read the book of he demanded incoherently the derby winner pringle sat down again relieved oh are you certain no of course it wasn't that i was only ragging the real title was the dark horse hello what's up now have you got him too what's up i tell you we're done for absolutely pipped that's what's the matter hang it man do give us a chance why can't you explain and instead of sitting there talking like that why are we done what have we done anyway the poem of course the prize poem i forgot i never told you i hadn't time to write anything of my own so i cribbed it straight out of a book called the dark horse now do you see lorimer saw he grasped the whole unpainted beauty of the situation in a flash and for some moments it rendered him totally unfit for intellectual conversation when he did speak his observation was brief but it teemed with condensed meaning it was the conversational parallel to the ox in the teacup my aunt he said there'll be a row about this said pringle what am i to say when he has me in this afternoon he said he would let the whole thing out no good trying to hush it up he may let us down easy if you're honest about it it relieved lorimer to hear pringle talk about us it meant that he was not to be left to bear the assault alone which considering the whole trouble was strictly speaking pringle's fault was only just but how am i to explain i can't reel off a long yarn all about you did it all and so on it would be too low i know said pringle i've got it look here on your way to the old man's room you pass the remove door well when you pass drop some money i'll be certain to hear it as i sit next to the door and then i'll ask to leave the room and we'll go up together good man pringle you're a genius thanks awfully but as it happened the crafty scheme was not found necessary the blow did not fall till after lock-up lorimer being in the headmaster's house it was possible to interview him without the fuss and advertisement inseparable from a sending for during school just as he was beginning his night work the butler came with a message that he was wanted in the headmaster's part of the house it was only mr lorimer as the master wished to see said the butler as pringle rose to accompany his companion in crime that's all right said pringle the headmaster's always glad to see me i've got a standing invitation he'll understand at first when he saw where he had only sent for one 
the headmaster did not understand at all and said so he had prepared to annihilate lorimer hip and thigh for he was now convinced that his blank astonishment at the mention of the dark horse during their previous interview had been in the words of the bard a mere veneer a while of guile since the morning he had seen mr lowry again and had with his own eyes compared the two poems the printed and the written the author by special request having hunted up a copy of that valuable work the dark horse from the depths of a cupboard in his rooms his astonishment melted before pringle's explanation which was brief and clear and gave way to righteous wrath in well-chosen terms he harangued the two criminals finally he perorated there is only one point which tells in your favour you have not attempted concealment pringle nudged lorimer surreptitiously at this and i may add that i believe that as you say you did not desire actually to win the prize by underhand means but i cannot overlook such an offence it is serious most serious you will both of you go into extra lesson for the remaining saturdays of the term extra lesson meant that instead of taking a half holiday on saturday like an ordinary law-abiding individual you treated the day as if it were a full school day and worked from two till four under the eye of the headmaster taking into consideration everything the punishment was not an extraordinarily severe one for there were only two more saturdays to the end of term and the sentence made no mention of the wednesday half-holidays but in effect it was serious indeed it meant that neither pringle nor lorimer would be able to play in the final house match against leicester's which was fixed to begin on the next saturday at two o'clock among the rules governing the house matches was one to the effect that no house might start a match with less than eleven men nor might the eleven be changed during the progress of the match a rule framed by the headmaster not wholly without an eye to emergencies like the present thank goodness said pringle that there aren't any more first matches it's bad enough though by jove as it is i suppose it's occurred to you that this cuts us out of playing in the final lorimer said the point had not escaped his notice i wish he observed with simple pathos that i'd got the rajah of seltzapur here now i'd strangle him i wonder if the old man realizes that he's done his own house out of the cup wouldn't care if he did still it's a sickening nuisance leicester's are a cert now absolute cert said lorimer bands can't do all the bowling especially on a hard wicket and there's nobody else as for our batting and fielding don't said pringle gloomily it's too awful on the following saturday leicester's ran up a total in their first innings which put the issue out of doubt and finished off the game on the monday by beating the schoolhouse by six wickets end of chapter sixteen a disputed authorship